We are Vic Fellowship and Vic Stands for Vaccine Information Coalition. You're listening to Progressive Radio Network, the most listened to commercial free and truth radio program in the world. My name is Renee, and the title of our show is What in the Cell is Going On? We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which could be accessed live on prn.live. Or you can also call 641-741-2308. You may also listen, download, and share with others later on our whatinthecell.podbean.com or on the front page of our vacinfo.org website. So we have, again, uh, Caleb and Debbie Binyahuda as our guest. Are you guys on? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I have them back on, audience, because um, they have a lot of wisdom that I'm sure you heard two weeks ago. If not, get to the website and listen, because um, they're they're brilliant. They're very, very anointed to teach what they're teaching right now, and they're going to give us some more specifics of mm-hmm. Of what we need to know um, to escape um, being, you know, in their authority, should I say, and in our own authority. So go ahead, guys. I want to let you run the show because I know you have a lot of wisdom to share. Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening for those all around the world, different time zones. And we thank you all for joining us. And we have some really important news for you all. And that news is that we're here today talk about Yahuwah's language, and maybe some of you don't even know the name Yahuwah, but that's the Heavenly Father's name, that's his sacred name, and if you haven't listened to our other podcast before this, please go back uh, and and review that, because what we're going to be talking about today is the language and how the worldly Luciferian language has changed and mutated, just like it says in Scripture, that they are going to make everything different than what we should know. And we were brought up with this in our youth and deceived in so many ways by the different uh, churches, synagogues, you name it, because they were taught to teach us wrongfully. And some of them unbeknownst as far as the pastors and, and rabbis and so forth go. So we want to bring to you what's very key and important in order for you to come out of her, my people, and enjoy freedom. It's all about freedom, setting ourselves free from the worldly bondage and go to the rightful bondage with Yahuwah's son, Yahusha. So here we go. We're going to start with the first word that many of us started out in our youth with, and that would be in our teen years, Uh, some of us younger because we were on farms, drive. Well, drive. What does drive mean? Drive, driving a car. Driving is a commercial term because it only pertains to those that are transporting goods and people for hire, or goods or people for hire. And Debbie, uh, my lovely wife here, is going to start with the next one and give you a little input on it. Um, The word driver is also a commercial term, and you are not a driver. We have been trained from the beginning that... Um, oh, I'm going to go drive my car, or um, yes, uh, 
if somebody asks you, the police or whoever, are you the driver of this car? Yes. No. No, no, no. Because if you are, then you're driving a commercial vehicle that transports people or things for hire. And so we've been trained, we've been brainwashed to think this way. And um, the other term is driving, which, you know, I'm driving across the country. Really? Are you transporting people or things for hire? So you've got to understand that what has happened to our language is that it's become a corporate language, a commercial language, that we need to start using Yaz words, which are, for drive, we would use the word handling, or the one handling a car, traveling. I'm a traveler. I'm a full-time traveler. We're sojourning. These are words that are important. So now, Debbie, are you saying, too, that if I uh, uh, deliver for Uber or for any one of the pizza places or if I have a CDL, does that mean I am in commercial use of my automobile? Absolutely. Oh, then I have to have a license from the state. Yep, for commercial Ah, driving. Okay. So another term that is used out there is operator. They might ask you, or you might be snaked into this one with the courts, uh, an operator is the one who owns the car that are operated for commercial purposes. So again, operator really comes from the term of uh, railroad uh, back in the day before there was any automobiles. They were operators of a steam locomotive transporting goods or people for hire. Oh, next we have... Well, uh, Yaz language language for that is that uh, you're not an operator. You are the owner of your private car. Yes. The thing we found in in the um, commercial realm is that they use Satan's language in the sense that whenever Satan comes to you and bugs you or tries to get you to think wrongly, what he usually does is he usually says something like, oh, you're not doing what's right. That's very general. It doesn't tell you anything. It just makes you feel bad. (laughs) But when Yas is convicting us of sin or convicting us of something, he is specific. Really, you shouldn't have said just what you said type of thing. But he always does it really gently. And in the commercial realm, there is no mercy. There is no compassion because that whole realm is all about products. You are a product. You are an it. You are something that has to be perfect in their terms. In other words, you have to always do everything always right all the time. And everybody almost thinks that way. And so we all think that each other, oh, well, if you're not perfect, then there's something wrong with you, you know? And yet, you know, yeah, knows we're not perfect. We're flesh and blood. And that's the thing that makes us different from the commercial world. We are flesh and blood. We are living beings. The whole realm of the commercial realm is not living. It's dead. And it's for dead things. And dead things don't talk. 
Dead things don't move. Dead things don't do anything of their own accord. Only the flesh and blood people do. So then there's all these people out there that um, are trained up, so to speak, and they would be attorneys. They would be, uh, no offense if you're an attorney, but you're going to hear some things that are pretty uh, awesome here, that attorneys, uh, police and, and law enforcement that are sergeant or above, and uh, judges, which are attorneys also, by the way, for the most part, uh, rarely would it be any different. These are trained up to use specific words and phrases. In fact, if you go to a law library, one that's really a good one, you will find a whole room just to fill with books on words and phrases. And that's what they are trained up to utilize to get you hooked in to that Luciferian language. And that is wrong. So we want to get you out of that. And it takes a lot of training. You can't just do this overnight because you're going to slip up with different words and so forth, especially when you're under pressure. Yeah. When you get under pressure, then it's, okay, reality check. So we have to do this on a constant basis, relearn, and even do role-playing so that we can get acquainted with these words that we need to use and understand. I'm sorry, not understand, but to acknowledge and keep them in our brain so that we don't slip up like I just did a moment ago. So we have to be careful. That's why we're trying to learn what Yah's language is, yes. not what their language is. We have to get out of their their thinking and into Yah's thinking because they are thinking in unreality. Let me go to this, um, the understanding of corporations. We often talk about that because we've gotten out of that. A corporation is a nation, state, county, city, business that's been incorporated, except, etc. Um, these are all called de facto, which means they are in fact ruling and there, but not lawfully. A corporation is considered fictitious because it only exists on paper and not in reality. That's why we had to make a non-corporate nation called the Commonwealth of Israel. We actually exist in reality as flesh and blood women and men waiting to inherit our physical land where the kingdom of Yah rules. Yeah, and, and we see Yah raising us up in the Commonwealth of Israel to give us authority over other nations, authority that is written in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And this is where you can learn it. Go and be a good shepherd, according to Revelation 2.26, where you will start to find out that when we follow His Word, when we walk it out with His Word, He is going to give us the words to speak when we open our mouths. And this is the best training we can go for and get. Uh, Some other terms here that are important. Did you have a question? No, I just said hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next word is person. What does person mean? It's vague. And therefore, void for vagueness, that's a term used in the legal realm, vague and general as a commercial term to describe men, women, children, monsters, 
corporations, entities, etc. That's pretty vague when you say that it can encompass all of that. Mm-hmm. But what is Yah's word on this, Debbie? Yah's word is that you are a living, breathing man or woman or child whose blood flows and flesh lives. You see how specific that is? You aren't just a person and lumped in there with all that general terms. I mean, you, you know, a person could be a monster, and, and you're not a monster. You're not a corporation. You're not an entity. You're not an it. You are a living, breathing man or woman or child of Yah whose blood flows and flesh lives. See, Yah is specific. His words are specific. He says his words specifically for a reason. He doesn't mince words. He is specific. When he tells us something, he means it, and he means it specifically. And so we have to learn how to talk more specifically, because I've even noticed in with my own language <laughs> that I sometimes just say general things, and my husband gets very upset at me <laughs> and says, be specific, you know, and he's right. I need to be more specific on what I'm saying because Yah is that way as well. More details so you know who you're speaking about or speaking to, you, you know, when we're when we uh, have a child, we don't ad- address the child by just general speak. We first use what their name is. So we say, Billy, did you take out the trash or something like that? So we need to get more acquainted with that way. Now, another thing that's important is if somebody calls you a person or a driver or something else, and you can say, I don't consent, or if you're in a court, you can say, object. I object to that. That's not who or what I am to be called. Mm-hmm. The word consent is really, really important. It is based on the scripture, uh, Matthew sixteen nineteen, that says, I have given you, listen to this carefully, I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you, now in most, most versions it says bind on earth is bound in heaven and loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. That is a, called a Hebrew idiom which means its Hebrew meaning is whatever you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. Whatever you prohibit on earth is prohibited in heaven. So if somebody is telling you that you have to do whatever and you don't want to do it, oh, no, I prohibit that. I'm not doing that. I do not consent. That is prohibiting that, and they can't do it. They can't move against you then. This is the keys, people, to the kingdom. You have to have to get your mind wrapped around the fact that you don't have to let everything that happens to you happen to you. Right. If you consent to whatever they say. Or, or what anybody says. Because if you permit them to say to you something, and it's not true, or it's not right, or it makes you feel awful, just say, I prohibit that. I do not consent to that. Because that's the power. Keys, people, keys to the kingdom. This is this so amazing. This in itself can save you from so much by just prohibiting those things which you don't want to permit anymore. Is somebody beating you? I prohibit you beating me anymore. And I speak order into this situation. That's all you have to do. Now, the enemy... The enemy will come back again and try you again yeah. and again 
and again with the same thing to try to get you to acquiesce to what they're saying. And you just have to keep saying, I prohibit it. I do not consent. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important. Yes, this is where the, the um, armor of Yah is put on you. You have the right to use your sword and your shield. And this is all part of that. This consenting part is a great deal of your shield and your sword as well, because you're using the word. And, you know, if you don't know the word, you need to really get to know it, the word of Yah, because that is where your promises are. Father said in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, that I have given you everything you need for life and righteousness. Everything. And it goes on to say that by his promises, you will be able to escape the corruption that is in the world. Okay? Amen. Right there. You know, this whole world is so corrupt, but you're able to escape it. Because he's already given you all the tools. It's just that we haven't been taught the tools or how to use them. And so this is one of the tools, the consenting, the prohibit and permitting. That is one of your tools that Yah gives you that can stop a whole lot of garbage that's coming into your life. And the biggest problem we people have is fear. We have fear to move the way the scripture says to move. And we feel that we have to move the way the world tells us to move. Mm -hmm. This is so wrong. It is so binding and pulling us down into Sheol, into the pit. We have to be able to get ourselves out, come out. That's part of coming out is to get boldness, to get the fear loosed from you through prayer, through meditation. Please, Abba, Father, remove the fear from me. Just like uh, uh, with addiction. When I was addicted, I asked Abba, Father, take this addiction and, and this compulsion to do this away from me. He instantly took it away. I mean, there was no, no other way to uh, say other than I did not have the compulsion anymore to do that. Well, we do the same with many other things, and fear is probably the worst thing that we can live with is when we live under fear. Yeah. The, the scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. Amen. And in these last days, guess what Satan's going to use to try to get you? Fear. Because it says that it will, so many things look so terrible that people are going to faint for fear. Yes. Okay? That means you're going to see stuff, man, see things that are going to cause you great fear, but you don't need to fear because greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. And we are to walk by faith, which is exactly the opposite of fear, and not by sight. And so those things that you see coming at you that are very fearful, well, start prohibiting them. Start speaking order into that situation. You don't have to accept that fear because it's not for you. Right. A thousand will fall on one side of you and 10,000 at the other, but it won't come near you. You've got to stand on those promises and those scriptures, and Yah will take care of you. And believe me, Lucifer is going to throw this fear at you 
at such a high rate of speed and so forth, but he's also going to show you a way out. That's right. He's going to show you, I have a better way. I can take and put you in charge of the entire world, as he did with Yahusha, didn't he? He had tried to entice him to go with the greatness and puffed-upness that maybe is in our psyche, and we want to not go there. So he's going to show you the fear, and then he's going to show you the carrot to bring you to something better. Be very, very supposedly. Yah won't do that. No. In fact, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, there's only three ways to do that. And I think you have to have all three ways, but one of them is to be like a little child. Yes. In his kingdom. Teachable. Yes. The second way is to um, be the servant of all. You know, we're not here to be I mean, we are kings and princes and uh, priests and the Melchizedek, but that entails being the servant of all. We're here to serve one another. We're here to love one another. We're here to build up one another. We're here to teach one another how to live righteously in this corrupt world. That is our service. That is our serving one another. Um, it's not being all high and mighty and ruling over, you know, like the, the nations do. That's, that's not what we're called to. And then the third thing to be great in the kingdom is to obey and teach his Yah's commands to each to other, to another. To yes. Another. So those are the three areas. Those are the three things that make you great in his kingdom. And the opposite of that is the wisdom of the world is foolishness for what Yah has written. Yes. So uh, he's going to take the wise and he's going to uh, make us more wise. Yes. He's going to take the foolish and make them more foolish, as it says in Scripture. Yes. So we want to be on the good side to be more wise, to do the things he's written for us to do, and walk it out and... If you want to read more about that, you know, he makes that through the First uh, Corinthians 3.19. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always makes a way through the sea for his beloved. Yes. Now, we want to talk about the, the term sea, okay? S-E-A-C. S-E-A-C. Um, maritime law, commercial law, is all on the sea. It's all about commercial shipping and commercial transfer of goods and places and things for hire. Yes, it's all about shipping. And the thing is, is you would think, because we've always thought that the sea was where we see water. But according to the commercial maritime law, the sea is everything below where they say is sea level. You want to tell them about what happened when we went up on top of the mountain? Yeah, we went up on top of this mountain. In Colorado. In Colorado doing some mountain climbing. And lo and behold, we found this placard that was embedded in the stone, man-made placard, that said this is the sea level. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> We're a little bit high up in the air. Well, guess what? And during the flood with the uh, ark, that was below sea level, actually. So that's what they claim. So... Another term out there that's really oddball to most people is 
my citizenship is in such and such. Well, citizenship. Whoa. Anything with a ship on it is considered in maritime law. Yes. So these are words we have to be careful of. Citizenship. Worship. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things that that have ship on the end of them, and they're their terms. They're not Yah's terms. Yah wants us to praise him, exalt him, uh, lift him up, give him all the esteem. Um, But in the commercial realm of the church, it's worship. And the way Satan looks at that, it's a warship against him. Mm, there you go. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Just, thank you. <laughs> what did Amanda just said today too that we heard? Uh, what was that word she used? In? I forget offhand right now. We'll have yeah. to bring that up another time. But profound. Yes. Inspirational. Um, Next, give us a moment here to take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of information, but one thing I'll say while you guys are taking a break, um, understand. You never say the word understand, like standing under. That's correct. That's another important word that we shouldn't be saying, I learned from you guys. Yes, because almost every time you're in court, they'll ask you if you understand and you can say, no, I acknowledge what you're saying, but I do not understand. Because understand means to stand under what they're saying. And no, you do not, because they are a corporation and you are not. And you don't have to stand under it. As long as you don't understand, they can't do anything with you. And they might just say, well, I'm going to appoint this attorney. Make him understand. <laughs> you go, what? No, I do not accept that attorney. I will never understand your words. <laughs> right. So there's a whole glossary of terms that they use, yes. and there's a whole glossary of terms that we have to start using. Because, see, they don't understand us either. Right. They, in fact, cannot actually deal with a flesh and blood person or flesh sorry, a flesh and blood man or woman. They can't actually deal with us um, because their their system is not, our system is not corporate. You know, from our nation, we are not corporate, and so they cannot deal with us. They just have to say, okay, bye, you know, let's and go. We, yeah, if we tell them, well, you know, our, our Yah, he gives us our instruction book, and this one, this term goes way, way back uh, when Pharaoh said this. I do not know your Yahuwah. Remember he said that? I do not know your Yah. And I will not obey. And I will not obey. <clears throat> and uh, so we get the same thing today with uh, anything that's Luciferian out there. They are trying to quash us. Quash means to eliminate the words we are saying. So we have to make sure that our words stand, and when all else fails, stand yes. and continue. Absolutely. That, that's what uh, Ephesians 6 says, you know, after you have done all, stand. So if you've given them everything you know to give them and all that Yah gives you, then stand. 
And the, the word court is really important, too, because one of the things that we have to learn to stand on is that um, when you are stopped by a policeman, that is your first court appearance, okay? And the scripture says when they drag you into court, you are to not think beforehand what to say, but to speak the wisdom of Yah as he gives it to you that will be wiser than anything that they can say. Yes. So just remember that court starts the moment a policeman stops you because he has to determine whether to take you in, to cite you, or whatever he wants to do. And usually, with us at least, they usually talk to their superiors to find out about us, and usually they find out, right. leave them alone. <laughs> yes. Unless they're a higher up, um, like I said, sergeant and above, but if they're under the sergeant as far as their, uh, uh, what do they call that, uh, their, their appointed uh, officers. Yeah, officership. <laughs> then uh, the young ones, they just don't know, so they are definitely going to go to their superiors to get the knowledge to be able to speak with you and and uh, tell you what you have to do. And it's easy to overcome. Mm-hmm. Authority. Um, the word authority? Yep. The powers that be are going to claim authority over us if we are lawless. So when Christians say, oh, I'm not under the law anymore, or I don't, I don't have to obey the law anymore, they are considered by the corporations as lawless. That's why they've been taught to say that they're not under the law, so that corporations can take advantage of them. So if you are lawless, you don't have Yah's laws and you don't obey them, guess what? You're under Satan, Luciferian uh, corporations. So you want to take back your authority and start living not only under um, Yahushua Messiah, Messiah, but also to start walking in his ways. In Revelation, it says at least three or four times that who are the ones who are saved in the end? Who are the ones that overcome? But those who have Yahushua as Messiah and are walking in his commands. Yes. That, his commands are what are given by his Father. That's right. And we have to be overcomers, because, because to be overcomers, then you can walk into the authority that Yah has for you. Amen. So we have to overcome this whole mindset of not being under anybody's law, or especially under Yah's laws, for heaven's sakes. You know, who wants to be outside of Yah's laws? My goodness. But that's what's being taught. And, and in our brains, you know, we think that's a wonderful freeing thing, but I'm sorry, it actually puts you in bondage to say that you are lawless. Because Yahushua even says to the... Um, uh, those who say, many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do cast out demons and do mighty works and la, 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 la. And, and he says, get away from me, you who practice lawlessness. Yeah. yeah, they did all these mighty works, but they weren't under any authority. They weren't under Yah's laws. They didn't want to keep them. They didn't want to do them. They wanted to just forget it. We don't want to do this. And so they tore the chains, as, as uh, um, 
Psalms 2 says they tore the chains off of them because they didn't want to obey Yah. And it just tells you where, where their allegiance is. If your allegiance is to Yah, you will want to obey his laws because they are a safety to us. He put even just the Ten Commandments there so that the enemy would not have a foothold in us, especially Lucifer. He can't get a foothold in you if you're obeying his laws. If you're obeying the covenant that Yah gave to us, it's a safety net. You know, why would we want to throw that away and say, oh, no, I'm not going to obey that, and then go and obey the millions of laws that the corporations have? Oh, millions and millions. I don't think so. He's only got 10, you know. <laughs> and then the explanations of those in the uh, Torah. So you have such a blessing to be able to obey Yah's commands. That is a blessing, not a burden. So, That's right. And for more information on the uh, on the teaching, there, they're talking about the uh, Book of the Covenant versus the Book of the Law, uh, on the support link of the vacinfo.org website, there's uh, Matthew Nolan's teachings on the series uh, about, you know, in detail, scripturally, on what we're, you know, under now and no longer under. So uh, he does right. a great way. He's, he's, he's the anointed one to teach that. So you can access the support link of vacinfo.org. Yeah. I mean, then there's um, identification cards. When you get a state identification card, um, you can, what, the, what they will do is they will, especially the police, when they say, is this you, you've got, I think we said something about this, photo. as far as the photo, is this you, um, you have to say, no, that is not me, because you are a flesh and blood living being, and you are you. That's just a picture of you. So even that, you know, they trick you. you you got to understand that they're going to trick you <laughs> to try to get you to basically say you're one of them. Right. Is it necessary to you. say no opposed to just saying that's a picture of me, just not to cause animosity at all? Like, is, well, there, is, no, there, is there a reason to say no, that's not me? Can you just yes. say that's a picture of me? No, there, there is a reason. Yes. There is a reason, is, so you must say no. Yeah, you must okay. say no to their uh, statement, and you then can I put your information out saying, that's only a picture of me. I am me. Here I am right here. Yeah. Okay. You have to say that because otherwise you'll be um, belligerent toward them and dishonoring. Right. right. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, you just don't want to be dishonorable by saying no. And that's dishonorable. You have to bring an explanation with it. Okay. Right. Then there's the body of law. Mm. As we were just discussing, um, the body of law that they have is not really law. It's actually called policies and legal things, but they are not law. Well, they're usually going to be typically Roman law, and it is quite verbose and pretty much excruciating to even try to venture into. And you notice a, a corporation only can have policies. They do not have actually de jure or righteous law. They have policies. That's why they have 
police to um, back up their policy. Mm, so <laughs> you gotta understand all that. <laughs> and um, if you are not a flesh and blood person or don't claim to be, then they have every right to police you to make sure that you're obeying their policies. But if you stop being an it and start being the body of Messiah that has flesh and blood, (laughs) this is really important, flesh and blood, a living, breathing being, then you can walk in the scriptures and they cannot touch you. They cannot stop you from walking in Yah's ways. But they will try. Well, yeah, they'll try. They'll try to deceive you. They'll try to lie to you. I mean, they will use every trick in the book. In fact, their statutes say that they are allowed to do whatever it takes to protect the revenue. That's the whole point. The revenue that they make when you go, when they give you a ticket, the revenue they make when you go to court and they fine you or put you in jail or revenue whatever. For your registrations or whatever. Yes. Every time that you register things, they're getting money. Fees and more fees. That's right. And one of the things, too, is um, if you register anything with these corporations, they no longer belong to you. They belong to them because they are now the holders in due course of whatever you registered, and you are just the custodial. That's why they say about your children, who gets custody? Yes. Because you don't own them. You don't have them. They're not yours. You're basically a renter. Yes. And you're renting whatever. Your children. Children or car. Your house. Rabbit or. Your business, your church. Yes. Your farm animals. If you register them, you have just given them to the state. And the statutes also say that they have the right, if you've registered anything with them, they have the right to come and get whatever you've registered with them and pay off their own debt. Or use it for their own purposes, whatever it may be. Yes. Feed their armies, whatever. Yes. Because you did it. You voluntarily registered them. You voluntarily gave them to the state. You voluntarily became a slave to them of your own free will. I know you didn't know it. We didn't know it. But I tell you what, when you find out, you don't own anything on this planet (laughs) if you registered it with the state. Another reason to come out of her. Mm -hmm. Even if you were to uh, take and receive something from the state, uh, such as, let's say, farmers. Farmers are now being paid not to grow something. Well... The state or federal government, whatever it may be, now has the right to to tell you, well, we're going to tell you to grow this GMO. Well, wait a minute. Mine's an organic farm. I can't grow. Oh, no. You you took the money to to not grow this, and we're going to give you much more money than you could have ever gotten per bushel on your corn. But now we're going to make you and force you to do GMO on your land, even though you are organic. We don't care. You took the money. So anybody that receives something from this current corporation government, 
uh, is going to have to pay one way or another. You're going to have to do something to jump through their hoops. Yep. Nothing is free. Right. You will have to pay something. Satan always works like that. So we find that working with the maxims of laws and we stay away from their realm, mm -hmm. their laws, and so forth, the maximum of laws are usually very well versed and based on Scripture. Yeah. So is the law of nations. Very close and written to give us scriptural reference. And now there might be some changes in there, but when you stand on those laws, you are actually going to say that that is what my Bible says. That's what my scripture gives me. Mm -hmm. And everybody um, who's in even even the um, the corporate law, corporate legal system, they understand that this the laws of Yah, these maxims of law, are above all of other laws. And one of the nice things about um, these maxims of law is that you are allowed to contract with anybody that you want to contract with. And no one, including the corporate nations, corporate people, can interfere with your contract. So if I have a contract where I want to sell this person my corn out of my field, they can do that and receive whatever other remuneration that other person wants to give them. Yes. And that can be barter, can be of whatever has any value. It can be a, a bag full of marbles if you want. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You are doing that trade-off with somebody else with a consent of the both parties, a meeting of the minds, that these are what you want to exchange. Mm -hmm. And then you're both good to go. You yep. go with it. Yep. So, where do you live? Oh, my. Where do you all live? Well, I live in my body, on my father's land, versus at an address. So They've brainwashed you into telling you having to tell them an address. You have to give an address. You have to give a physical address. And see, that physical address is a federal address. So I give them a physical address. I tell them, uh, well, I'll give you two instances. One was uh, they came after my mom's estate, and uh, they wanted a permanent address for her. And I gave her the gravesite uh, address, and uh, oh, <laughs> I never heard from them again. <laughs> well, I was being honest. I did. I did, really. It was funny. That was, that was her permanent address. That yeah, was her permanent address. So if anybody ever asked me for my permanent address, I don't have one yet because I don't have a gravesite. And uh, the, other, the only other one I use is the local post office in town. As a, I receive mail at general post office. And I get once in a while a newcomer there that says, oh, you're only allowed to do that for 30 days. That's oh, what no, they no, tell no, them. no. I'm allowed to do that as I am homeless, and therefore I can get my mail there all the time, and I can show them proof 
in a letter that their own doctrines show that they have to give mail to everybody or anybody actually that is going to use that address to receive their mail and they have no say about it because of homelessness. Yeah. And actually, you know, since we're not part of the corporation, we're homeless. Yes. We don't have a home with them. More right than we were doing, but apparently, you know, Yahoo did. <laughs> he had us in the wellness on wheels for five years, and our address was a box at a UPS store. That's the only stable thing in our life, probably for 15 years, uh, as far exactly. as an address of us that nobody could find us but through that, that uh, UPS store. Exactly. And by being homeless, um, they, you have more freedoms rights. and more rights than anybody who has an address. Quite interesting. Very interesting. So it's, it's nice to be homeless, but, you know, it's hard for people to wrap their brains around this. I understand that because it was hard for me, too, because people... Most people have the idea that a homeless person, oh, well, they just don't have nothing. They're just, you know, in a bad way and blah, 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 blah. Well, no, they're not. Not when they don't have an address. They are actually, even, even in schools, the homeless children don't have to do the same things that children with an address have to do. Like they can't even give them shots or um uh, just different things that they try to, well, do give to. Medical treatments. Yeah, right. anything. Yeah. They can't do that with a homeless child because mm-hmm. they have more rights than the ones with an address. Right. Mm-hmm. So it makes as you a federal as, citizen when you have an address. As long as they're not receiving any welfare or anything of that nature from the government yes. and they're homeless, then they qualify for being free. Freedom. Yep. And next one is freedom to work. Right. Do we have the freedom to go to work? Absolutely. It is written that we are allowed to go and work for whomever we wish and not be hindered by having to go with a corporate uh, name or corporate Number. identifiers or anything of that nature. Yet they will do their best because they've been trained up to say that, no, you can't do that. We can't hire you because you don't have a social security number and so forth, or you don't have a bank account or or so forth. It's all contract. And number one is that the social security is voluntary. So Mm -hmm. they can ask you for the number, but they cannot force you to give a number because their statute says if they force you to give a number, they can be fined up to $10,000 and serve time in prison. So that means more than a year in, when you go to prison. It's not county jail. Prison means over a year, a year or more. So this can be utilized, too, for people that are being subjected to, you know, or forced to give up a number, which you don't even have. It's not yours. It's not yours to begin with, but even if you don't have one, period, like us, we, we don't have one. Never did have one. Yet they're trying to say, well, you have to have one to go to work. No. We just need you to pay us 
in whatever wages are acceptable between the contracting parties. Mm-hmm. Now, most corporations won't let you do work with them because they're so integrated into that CPA having to have that number so that they can cut a check for you and so forth and so on. So you might find it difficult for the McDonald's to work for or something big like that. Uh, Best, if you can, to do your own work from your own hands and be able to receive remuneration from people that want your goods and be that way. And that's what we're trying to get people to move into, move out of the corporation work and do what you can with your hands and offer it to many people that are willing to give you remuneration to fix a faucet or to cut some wood or to change light bulbs or whatever you have the talent to do, even if it's working with computers. Some people say, well, you know, I have to work with the corporation. Well, yeah, the corporation can pay you in gold and silver if they, if you demand it. Yep. So it's important that we learn. So what's the difference between remuneration versus wages and income? Well, remuneration means that you're receiving something that is for your work versus wages and income. Wages and income are a corporate or actually you, you only receive those if you work for the government because that's where wages and income comes from. You are a government agent or a worker for the government. And therefore, you must pay Social Security because it's a privilege to work for them. That's always the way it was written in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not for anybody else, just for the go- when people work for the government. All right. When they first came out with the Social Security number, it was for a private insurance policy for each and every person, but they did not tell people that it went into the general fund of the federal government, and thereby it no longer was an insurance policy because that had to actually be completely divorced from any general fund of money with the federal government. It had to go into separate policy holdings. Uh, But they had banners. If you look back at the old uh, materials that are out there on Social Security, it was yeah, go into Social Security, it will be insurance for you for your old age. Mm-hmm. They had posters all over the country about it. I remember going into the um, uh, IRS office, and um, on the wall they had this placard that said that the Social Security um, number was voluntary and that you didn't have to get it. It wow. was voluntary. And it was right on the wall. Yes, and I actually, I took a picture of it. Oh, I don't know if I have it still, but I actually took a picture of it that it was voluntary. Yeah. Not required. Hmm. Now, travel versus drive, we went over that earlier. Mm-hmm. Property. What is property? We discussed that at some length, but property is what everybody feels they have the right to hold. But is it really truly yours? Better think again, because most uh, real estate property is owned by the Crown. 
because it's secured for the debt that this country has really over the since the new administration's in there, they have oh, <laughs> quantum physically gone astronomically over <laughs> gone over the top of anybody else in any administration throughout this world. And I think they said combined it was more than all the combined administrations from the very beginning, just in this one administration on how much debt they have printed money for. So all of that is now whatever property you hold that is secured by mortgage or by a tax stamp or by a registration or by anything that they have a holder in due course to. If you registered it. Right. Now, you can unregister your property. That's the lovely thing about this right. is Whether that you can unregister it. Real estate or cars or whatever. And then they can't have it. You know, all the world, the, the scripture says that the whole earth belongs to Yah. And so it's his property. And so if we unregister it, it, it again becomes his property, and you get to be the steward of it once you have it. So that's one of the things that we're planning on doing. You know, when we get lands for all of the things that we, all of us are trying to do. All the men and women that want to come into Yah's kingdom and through the Commonwealth of Israel, mm -hmm. uh, we have to look at what Revelation 13 and 17 and 1411 talks about, because the government uh, has you as a executor of your name. Their name for you versus Yah's name which is in this Revelation 13, 17, and 14, 11. Come out of her, my people. Lest you receive of her, lest you participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. So Ouch. you can see why you would want to come out, because, I mean, they've got power over you, and you will believe they have power over you unless you start changing your mind and getting out and walking in Yah's ways and in Yah's way of thinking, I mean, you literally have to change the, the pathways in your brain to start thinking this way. Mm -hmm. Okay, we, okay, well, we, we have to close soon. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got, I've got to do the closing statement soon, but um, do you have any final words? And if we need to continue, we can do that in two weeks if you guys are available, okay? Well, right now, I just want to thank everybody for being here. And if uh, if you have more information, please contact us through our website, Commonwealth of Israel dot international, fully spelled out, and also Commonwealth of Israel, which is Y S R A E L at yahoo dot com. And field any questions you want. Uh, and we'll do the best we can, and we may be on the radio show again to continue and further more information. Because we have lots more um, uh, questions that people ask. Yes, that we can, and we can do a Zoom also with this. Okay, well, let's definitely plan another show for sure. 
Um, I did want to let the audience know that I apologize. I haven't really been participating, but I wanted to let you guys share your wisdom, of course. And I'm also doing some uh, biofeedback subspace on some a sister in our ministry, and I'm kind of focused on that. So I'm kind of working while I'm or helping, should I say. I'm not charging or I'm helping while I'm doing this show. So I apologize. But thank you so much, guys, for giving your wealth of wisdom. And we will have you back on again real soon. Um, and again, their website, not only two weeks ago, they were on the show explaining their Commonwealth of Israel um, uh, uh, micronation. And as he said before, Commonwealth of Israel, Y-S-R-A-E-L dot international is their website. So you can learn what I'm doing. I just got my uh, the first witness I had signed my first witness and I'm getting my second witness today and I'm, I'm signing up myself. So I am Renee Ben Yahuda. Hallelujah. My hallelujah. My, uh, my biblical name or my, my Yahuwah name, should I say <laughs> my biblical name? Listen to me, my, <laughs> my Yahuwah name. My <laughs> so anyway, um, and then I also want to let everybody know too, cause I have, a, we've received a lot, we've received a lot of calls and emails for people wanting that Luminalo that we did the show on last week with Dr. True with Reg McDonald, and he ended up talking with the 80-some-year-old dad who knew Dr. Brzezinski personally, I believe. He'll talk about that next week. Um, and uh, on our support link, that's something I was also working on during the show, uh, it was because the, 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 the whatever my web designer was giving me a very hard time uploading the information on this amazing product that we talked about last week. It's called Lumen Aloe, L-U-M-A-N. Lumen Aloe, A-L-O-E dot com, I guess is their website, um, but I have it on the support link of our back-end, no, I have it on our treatment link of the backinfo.org website, as well as a wonderful two-hour documentary I watched this morning about Dr. Um, Brzezinski. And I encourage you to watch that as well. That took a lot of time to get that on the site as well. But I was uh, tenacious, my middle name, of course, and we accomplished it. Hallelujah, with Father's help. Um, as far as uh, scripture, everybody knows how we feel about standing on Father's Word in this, these end times. I just wanted to give everybody um, recommendation because you can access a beautiful purple Bible um, with the Creator's um, Paleo-Hebrew names and even Hebraic names or words in there um, that there's a dictionary in the back till, you know, until you get used to them. But like Shamayim, meaning heaven or Mayim, water and just different things you'll learn. You'll, you'll be able to. So it's a good it's a good Bible to start with. And it is offered for free if you go to Hallelujah Scriptures. And that's H-A-L-L-E-L-U-Y-A-H. Hallelujah scriptures.com and you could order a free book unless like me, you want to donate 50 to 150 and get a large print um they just want a donation of at least $50 for that. But most of the regular size print, everything's for free. So definitely check that out. And of course, um, contact us if you need any help. Again, you're listening to Vaccine Information Coalition. Our shows can be accessed uh, later on our whatinthecell.podbean.com website that PRN has set up for us or on the front page of our info org website on the belly of a little boy flexing his muscles. We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Our contact number is 954-347-9671. We thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth and God bless. <laughs> 